grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. When most people imagine BDSM relationships, their thoughts jump to images of Fifty Shades of Grey, abuse, blood and or demeaning objectification. Relationships within the world of BDSM vary widely. So while yes, some of those descriptors apply to some BDSM relationships, they certainly do not apply to all, and certainly not without the consent, interest, desire and fulfilment of both parties in mind at all times. At the core of any relationship, vanilla, kinky, friendly, casual or even professional is an exchange of power. In fact, many traditional marriages falter because of the lack of communication in regards to this dynamic. BDSM relationships can be particularly satisfying because while consciously formed, there is a direct and ongoing communication about roles and responsibilities. Whether the relationship takes the form of dom, sub, daddy, baby girl, master, servant, top, bottom, or anything else that you could possibly think of, The keys to success are the intrinsic trust, transparency and shared control which must be present at all times. And of course, on a purely primal level, the dynamics played out in the bedroom are just so damn hot. Tonight on Lipstick After Dark, Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples give us the beginner's guide to BDSM, the concept the ground rules, and the benefits of exploring this type of relationship for the uninitiated. Our resident sex and relationships therapist Gabrielle Laurie discusses the pitfalls of porn addiction. Timberlina dishes her drag therapy and Nikki from Flirt Adult Store talks technology as we dive into the world of cybersex. There's just so much juice in this episode. Let's get cracking, shall we? See what I did there? I'm Louise Wilkinson. And this is Lipstick After Dark. Ever wondered about Tantra? Perhaps you want to know the benefits of sperm retention. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples invite you to explore the outer limits of your sexuality on After Dark. Have you ever thought about expanding your sexual repertoire? BDSM might be something that has piqued your interest in the past. And here to help us unpack how to get started is Sindra and Luke from Conscious Couples. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark. Thank you. Thanks. I just, your voice, I just need to have a better podcast voice. I feel like you need to give me some lessons. I can I give you some lessons. <laughs> I feel like literally seduced after that. <laughs> oh, well, Luke, <laughs> flicking the hair. <laughs> All right, you two, we're actually here to talk about BDSM. So. Yeah, so um, BD- so BDSM- I'm going to be punished for that, am I? Mm. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, I mean, if you consent to it. <laughs> Love it. Okay, guys. So BDSM and the beginner's guide. Yeah. So um, for starters, BDSM, like the the acronym stands for bondage, domination, submission, and masochism. Yes. So basically it's a form of 
pleasure through discomfort. Yeah, and it, it can range anywhere from a little smack on the bottom to, you know, getting all tied up and whatever else may come with that. Degradation can be involved, uh, you know, so calling people certain things and, you know, maybe... Bit of dirty talk. Bit of dirty talk, bit of... Bondage, bit, bit of, of tying up. Bit of spitting and whatever you like, really. Okay, right. <laughs> and so I'm guessing that there's like a... Um, people enjoy the juxtaposition of the pleasure and the pain um, yes. and that's the attraction to BDSM. Uh, and if someone wanted to dip their toe in and they wanted to sort of approach their partner and say, this is something that I'd like to try, what's the best way to get started? So the best way to get started would be discussing your edges on this, like what, what your fantasy is and where your edge lies in moving towards that fantasy right. and calling your partner in towards that edge. So one one part of it could be a partner saying, I would like to try x you know bdsm and the other partner then saying oh that's an edge for me i would be comfortable moving up this far how far would you like to go right so it really is in the beginning very important to communicate and be very clear on what your limits are and being able to communicate that so that brings a level of honesty to a sexual relationship that I'm guessing a lot of people don't really get into, which really cracks it open, I think. So there is a lot of merit in having those conversations with your partner and yeah. and exploring those limits. Yeah, definitely. We really are big on, you know, in all of our work about having these conversations about desires and having these conversations about consent as well, you know, mm. what would feel comfortable for you. And there's this term called GGG. We didn't come up with it. Uh, another amazing podcaster, Dan Savage, came up with it. And it's good giving and game. So basically, if your partner comes to you and says, oh, babe, you know, um, I really want to, you to tie me up. And you're maybe hearing that going, oh, that's a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not saying out loud, ew, I would never want to do that. You know, you never yuck someone else's yum. You know, you can take it on board and maybe you could try it together in a really safe environment. So knowing that like sharing your desires doesn't mean that we have to do it. doesn't mean that you have to be totally okay with it. However, let's open up a conversation about it. Beautiful. Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's yeah. beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So a big part of um, delving into BDSM is the control piece. It's yes. Like you, we fear giving up control in these situations. Part of the beauty behind BDSM is that you um, hand control over to somebody in a controlled in like a, a controlled environment, um, a planned environment with discussion and conversation with some like rules and boundaries around it so if you're interested in hearing we've got a few little um beginner's guide rules for bdsm would love to yes <laughs> okay so when you're talking about um pleasure from discomfort i think everybody's heard of the term a safe word yes so normally coming up with a safe word that's easy to say it's not easily confused 
Um, it's not a breathy word, like if you, you know, short of breath and you're not going to be able to pronounce it. <sighs> You know, so um, pineapple pajamas would be a great one because it's very distinct and very like you know yeah um, some people like colors like yellow would could be a good safe word and then a discomfort or a pain scale is really handy right so for instance if you were going to spank somebody on the bum having a pain scale from one to five gives you an external check on where you're at with that so you might say okay i'm going to smack you on the bum where is this from one to five give them a smack and they might say that's a three and you say okay i can either go a little bit harder or a little bit softer than that but i'm still within the range the range if it gets up to a five you know that that's the edge i can't go beyond that otherwise it's game over right and you work you've got a safe range to work in between one to five right so that is really smart but also what i'm getting from this is is that handing that control over it needs there needs to be a real level of trust there so yeah it has to be first of all a conversation but with someone that you that you trust Mm. um yeah yeah. and being able to hand that over i guess is quite uh liberating in a lot of ways yeah definitely lots of trust and always consent you know can i blah 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 can i blah 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 so would you like it would you like it if i did this so you're never assuming consent and this is a big conversation that needs to have before you start playing with this stuff yeah never assuming that it's okay to do this stuff it's always like asking and that can become really sexy with practice Mm. it can be like a little bit awkward at first however you know having that consent piece also reassures and you know gives you that trust and creates that safe container as well yeah i love it i love it all right so we've got safe words and we've got getting a gauge on the pain scale and finding out where that edge is yeah okay so would you start with like light spanking and um, maybe some silk ties and that sort of thing as a as a starting point yeah, so I would suggest to anybody that wants to delve into this is having what we like to call a play party. So if okay. you are interested into diving into something that you've never done before, put some time aside for it to be play and play only has to be play. It doesn't have to be with the goal of it being super sexy or to be everybody gets off. It's literally a session to try and see what works and what doesn't. Right. So a play party to test and try and see what feels good and see what doesn't work so that you know what you can actually use in your sex play as a standard oh i love that that's great yeah yeah Yeah, it's like a little entree Mm. yeah definitely and you can bring you know the basic stuff might be if you're playing in that domination submission kind of zone it could be kind of like pinning someone down you know, it could be like, yeah, light spanking on their bum. It could be a bit of degradation talk, you know, like you're a little whatever you want to insert Minx. in there. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, or like you've been a bad, you know, boy or girl or whatever like whatever you want to play with, like you can kind of practice that, yep. which again can be like super awkward at first. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can play with like holding people's like heads down or like, giving them a really like dominating kiss and that kind of thing, like gentle biting and stuff like that. Mm, Hair pulling Uh, and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. hair pulling and all those kind of things that aren't too much. However, you know, you're just kind of, again, testing those edges and playing with those edges. And the point isn't to to come necessarily, just like 
let's have fun. Let's see what you like and don't like and, you know, play with the roles and stuff as well. A really handy thing that I have found personally and uh, useful to me is if it's something that I'm not super comfortable to do in real life at first, then I would normally incorporate it into some dirty talk as a test to see like whether it's well received or whether I'm comfortable even talking about it first because we have a strong belief that there should be just as much conversation around the act as there is when you're doing the act. So, you know, if I'm comfortable to talk about it and it's well received in some dirty talk, then there's a possibility that it could actually work in real life. Right. Okay. Yeah, I really love all of that. That's great. And you've really sort of broken it down because I think when people, I mean, Fifty Shades sort of brought it to prevalence, if you could stand the acting. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess my experience, I guess, observing that, prior to that was masked people and that sort of thing. So it it actually came across as quite scary. But the Mm. way that you're breaking that down, I can see the beauty in it. So I can see the trust that needs to happen, the communication that needs to happen, and I guess the self-awareness that you need to have to work out what is your edge and what you're comfortable with and being able to communicate that. So there are actually a fair few positives to delving into this. Yeah. We think so. <laughs> yeah. We enjoy it. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> I think as you were saying at the start, you know, it does bring another element to, mm. to play with and it can really spice things up. It's this whole other realm that you can start to bring into your intimacy. So, yeah, I really do think. And it can also bring you close together because, as you said, you're having all these conscious conversations, you're talking about desires and consent and all this kind of stuff. So it does actually bring you closer together as well, having those conversations and things like talking about taking the bins out becomes like whatever, because you've had these really open, vulnerable conversations about, you know, BDSM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't call you conscious couple for nothing, do they? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sindra and Luke, thank you once again for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. Always enlightening discussions and I've really loved this one and I hope that you listening have got a lot out of it and it might be something you want to dip your toe into in the near future, particularly now we've got a little bit more time on our hands. Thank you so much for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark and it's that time of the night when we welcome back the Queen of Newcastle Drag, Timberlina. Welcome back, lovely. Hello, thanks for having me. As always, uh, you know, wide and varied questions we have today, but you can handle them with your usual excellent advice and we'll see what we come up with. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> favorite time of the week. I know. I know. I live for it too. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Ah, Dear Timberlina, I always thought that I could accept anything that parenthood might throw at me. I know that I could embrace my son if he was straight, gay, bi, trans, etc. 
if there is a controlling consciousness of the universe, it has a nasty sense of humour. Putting it bluntly, my son is sexually attracted to Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) He dropped hints that I didn't really pick up on, as you wouldn't. Um, Over the past few years, I've stumbled across evidence of his browsing habits that have left me pretty clear on what he likes. Should I address this with him? Try to discourage an orientation that, to me, seems a bit weird. (laughs) Okay. Well, look, I think that it's a positive that he's open. I guess so. But it could also be a fetish. It might not just be an orientation. It could just be a fetish. Okay. So explain the difference to me. What is the difference between orientation and fetish? Well, an orientation is like how you identify and who you are attracted Mm. to and want to be with. And a fetish could just be like, it could be part of their fetish that they're into Pokemon. <laughs> like that's their kink. A kink. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that's what I'm thinking. I don't think like, I mean, there's people out there that marry their houses and cars and stuff like that. So maybe I, this one's a real tricky one. It's a doozy. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I've thrown you in at the deep end today. I'm very you sorry. You have. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how, <laughs> what words to use. I mean, um, how, I mean do also, you, how do you satisfy that? Do you get people to dress up as Pokemon? I mean. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this person is a very good person to have on the station. Really. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring them in. Okay. Um, yeah. If I mean, you could yeah, contact us con- and send and send your son in, uh, we'll do an interview and we'll get to the bottom of this uh, fetish. Yes. Yeah. I um. But I mean, also, you have a conversation with them, um, and discuss if it's a fetish or a kink or um, if they really actually want to marry a Pokemon. I guess. Get to the bottom of it and let us know, please. Yeah. We're interested to find out. Look, the the upshot is we're as confused as you. So uh, get some more information and we'll we'll give it another crack if you want to write back in or send them our way for an interview and we'll get to the bottom of it ourselves. Yeah, please and thank you. <laughs> You're leading with that interview. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Okay, next question. Dear Timberlina, I happen to be ooh, I happen to be a crazy, jealous girlfriend. I'm aware of the overreacting and making something bigger than it really is situation. I know I'm pretty ridiculous at times, but I'm working on it. Recently, I saw a text on my boyfriend's phone from a female co-worker that read, sandwiches on your desk, bud, with a wink. Yes, co-workers do that kind of stuff, but it really boiled my blood. Hmm. Oh, I feel like you're overreacting. Yes. I mean, they used the word bud. Yeah, they (laughs) did. (laughs) I don't think that's flirting whatsoever. Um, If someone was like, bud, I've left a sandwich, I'd be like, cool, thanks. There's a sandwich on my desk. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I think you may have to check you yourself, I guess, because I feel like you're just overreacting and turning every little situation into an issue so maybe there's underlying issues with that like herself 
with a partner. I think you're right. And I think, look, I think a little bit of jealousy is a healthy thing. I mean, totally. if, if you're okay with your partner going out and throwing it around everywhere, then you don't really care. But a sandwich on a desk and we're losing it. Um, mm. Yeah, there could be a little bit of an issue there. Well, there could be. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very demonstrative. I'm, I'm an emoji girl. When I text you, I put a kiss and a hug at the end of the text. Yeah, I'm that kind of person as well. And I have friends out there that don't know some of the emojis and use the wrong emojis. So it could have been that as well. <laughs> it's probably meant to be a smiley face and they press the winky face. Who knows? I feel like you're just reading into these messages a little bit too much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking about with you. <laughs> My dad uses LOL, but he doesn't oh, realise it's laugh out love. loud. It's lots of <laughs> love. <laughs> oh, there's a prime example. <laughs> exactly. Chill out, girlfriend. Calm your farm. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Take a chill pill. It's a sandwich. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if that co-worker wants to drop me off a sandwich, I'll take it. <laughs> Okay, last question. Mm. Okay. Dear Timberletta, I've been seeing a guy for two months and I'm really into him. Good. I'm realising that there may be some long-term compatibility here and he says he feels the same. Well, that's lovely. Here's the thing. He can't get hard. At first, he just couldn't stay hard. Now, it's nothing. We hook up and he does everything he can to get me off and he's very good at it. But he doesn't want me to handle his penis, doesn't want me to go down on him, doesn't want me to try and get him off in any way because he knows it's not going to work. I'm a really sexual girl and our sex life is important to me. What's more, it's making me feel insecure. Is this my fault? We're only in our 20s and the scarcity of boners is bringing a lot of tension into an otherwise really lighthearted new relationship. I don't want this to be a deal breaker. How do I date a guy with ED without it ruining us? Mm. We're not doctors. (laughs) We are not doctors. Um, I mean, maybe you need to convince him to go to see a doctor about the situation. I don't think it's yourself that's the issue here. I believe it's his penis that's the issue here. Yes. Um, But he needs to get sorted out. So I feel like, Joel, you need to convince him to go and see the doctor or... Yeah, drop some hints, I guess. Yeah. And look, looking at this, I don't think that it's disinterest. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's a underlying issue. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's on like antidepressants or something like that because that, that doesn't help. Um, yeah. Maybe it. what sort of work does he do? Is he exhausted? There's all sorts of reasons, but they have nothing to do with desire for you. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously he likes to get you off, so... There's that, so I don't think you've got anything to worry about there. Yeah. So, look, our advice is, uh, and I look, I understand what you're saying. Sex is very important, and particularly in those first flushes of the relationship. Oh, the honeymoon, as they like to call it. They do. Like rabbits. I get yeah. it. But... <laughs> Yeah, look, maybe there's there is an underlying issue, and um, you should maybe broach the subject of going to see a doctor. Yeah, look, I think that that's that's it, and I really don't think that you should take it on board and take it personally as something wrong with you. Yeah, if there's other stuff in the relationship you can focus on, 
Try and do that as well. Yeah, look, you know, and that's that's important because nobody's going at it like rabbits when they're 85, are they? Oh, well, maybe they are, no. but, you know. Oh, good on them. <laughs> Go them. Yeah. <laughs> Randy people in the nursing home. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah I just think uh, you've got a good foundation here. So it's one aspect of your relationship. Work on it. We all have our issues and uh, see what happens. We'd love to hear that this was a uh, was was great advice. And please touch base with us and let us know how you've gone with the whole doctor conversation. Yeah. And um, hopefully, there's some uh, erections in your future. Yeah, <laughs> hard meat. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. We're out of time, my love. So uh, thank you for your sound advice for yet another week. That was In Bed with Timberlina here on Lipstick After Dark. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark. We're speaking with our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie. Now, let's just dive into the deep end. Today, we're talking about porn addiction, aren't we? Yeah. So... (laughs) I guess porn is a lot more accessible than what it used to be. You used to have to, you know, have the balls to walk into a newsagent, buy the magazine. It was one of the more expensive ones on the market. Hide it uh, under your closet or wherever you hid it. So it was a lot less accessible than what it is now. It's everywhere now, isn't it, on the internet? Mm. Mm. Okay. So... What is the difference between looking at porn as possibly like a a healthy, you know, oh, I might try that thing, and too much? When does it become an addiction? Okay, so some therapists may not agree that it is an addiction and some therapists believe that it is. Right. I'm more in the latter category um, Mm -hmm. from what I did in my degree. Yeah. We kind of think porn is an addiction when it refers to a person becoming emotionally dependent to the point that it interferes with their daily life, relationships, ability to function or work. Right. So if you're staying up till 4am because you can't get off the computer and then you have to take the day off work or you, you maybe run the crane into a truck because you're too tired or yep. and your partner's complaining that you're not as into sex anymore and mm-hmm. you, can, you can safely say it's getting... Too much. Uh, it's starting to affect your life negatively, sure. so it could be an addiction. Right. Mm. Okay. How does it come about when someone comes to see you for porn addiction? Obviously, it's starting to affect their lives, but it can get quite invasive, can't it? Some people can't get through a work day without disappearing to the bathroom to watch yeah. a little bit of porn. or And definitely that's a sign that to me that you've got porn addiction if you are risking watching it in your workplace mm-hmm. that's uh, I'm pretty sure that's illegal or if it's not it could get you in big trouble yes so then you know that you're crossing the line into sabotaging the rest of your life if you if you're that needing that much of a hit yeah 
Um, and it does activate our dopamine centers, our reward system and motivation system in our brain. Mm. Uh, like any other addiction, drugs, alcohol, shopping, you know. So once you've activated that system in your brain, you can start to need more and more hits or bigger hits or more extreme hits. Mm. And then it makes it hard to enjoy regular sex with a real human being. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> does it does it desensitise you? Because there are some fairly interesting categories on Pornhub, mm. yeah, that are right out there uh, yes. on the edge. And so watching that, does it then desensitise you from – like I hesitate to say regular sex, but, you know, that connected loving in a relationship sex where a chandelier isn't necessarily required. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it may be hard to orgasm or um, feel as much sensation if you're used to the grip of your hand or a vibrator every day, twice a day. You know, you're desensitised to a regular human touch. It just might not turn you on as much because porn can wire your brain to imagine that you should be able to just touch your partner five times and she has an orgasm five times in a row, you know, (laughs) and it's not real. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) They're faking it. Um So, yeah, and you're missing out on things that you could get from tantric sex or slow sex by Diana Richardson or all these amazing, really much more connected levels of sex that can be just as exciting but require more foreplay, more emotional connection, more build-up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not just sort of get into it and, yeah, and because porn is a quick fix in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, and the porn made... Uh, by males often um, is misleading. It doesn't actually work on a real human female's body. Mm. So you can get frustrated. Why is it, you know, I just rub a nipple for a couple of seconds and then I rub a glitter for a couple of seconds and then I put it in and why isn't she yeah. like, thinking I'm the best lover in the world? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, that's the opposite to the way a woman's body works. Mm. Most women's bodies need a slow build up and, um, you know, the playfulness, the tension to get her in the mood, you know, so yeah, yeah. very different things. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, I'm sure you're down with that. If you, you know, sit across the dinner table and uh, you have to restrain yourself for a couple of hours, then the sex is a lot hotter than him walking in the door and dropping his bag and then taking you over the kitchen bench while that has its place. Uh, (laughs) It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not as you're not as ready to go. So yeah, it's, (laughs) I get it. I get it. All right. And you're saying that as well, like if you're masturbating to porn sort of one or two times a day that you can like, and using your hand that you can actually get sort of desensitized to a vagina. Yeah, I suppose Um, Like even, for instance, people that grew up in a a strict household and they were scared, really scared about their masturbation habits and maybe they just used to rub themselves against the mattress. Mm. And then they do it so often, then they find they can't orgasm with a real human. They can only orgasm by rubbing themselves against the mattress. Right. Yes. Okay. So I get it. it takes a fair bit of work with a sex therapist and at home exercises that you'll do to kind of unwire that. Yeah. I get it. All right. Mm. Cool. We 
have recognised that it might be a problem, what next? Well, yeah. So if you think you're falling into the category of having a porn addiction, definitely go see a qualified sex therapist. Uh, You can look up our governing body, ASSERT Mm. New South Wales, um, and it'll tell you where all the qualified sex therapists are. And you can see a sex positive one that specialises in dealing with porn addiction. Right. If you're more in the category of you're just using it, but it's not... It's not ruining your life in any way, but you want it to enhance your sex life with your partner rather than uh, damage it. Yeah. You may want to, and if your partner's interested in watching it, there's porn made by females that actually shows the parts that would turn the woman's body on like a real human woman. Yes. (laughs) And, And my guess is, you know, if you're wanting to, this to ha- enhance your love life, turning your partner on so she wants more sex with you yep. is the key. So watching that kind of porn, which is about, it includes the tension and the foreplay and the stuff like that. It's not just penis in vagina, bang, mm. bang, bang. So, which is very boring for a lot of women. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I guess if your partner was open to it, watching those things together and having a discussion around, yeah, well, that works for me, that doesn't work for me, could enhance your sex life if, you know, it brings on a discussion about what turns you on. Absolutely. Yeah. And beware of the porn that, so you can have a healthy BDSM life together. Yes. With um, code words and a lot of respect and everything inside and outside the bedroom, despite practicing BDSM. Or some guys might watch porn and imagine that women are masochists or sadists or whatever and just start mistreating their partner, thinking it's going to turn them on. Yeah. But generally, the reason women like some form of BDSM and why Fifty Shades of Grey was so popular was is because a lot of women don't have as much testosterone so creating that roller coaster feeling mm. the excitement she needs something a bit unpredictable so if you blindfold her and tickle her with a feather and yep. give her a light spank you've created something unpredictable yes so she's not a masochist or a sadist so don't start mistreating women because you think that's what why they're into it yeah um and some guys are starting to learn that a lot of women have, you know, 75% of women have had a, a fantasy of being raped, but it's not a real rape. It's a ravishing. Yes. So it's more likely to be with you in their heads. Yes. Or three of you, you know, yep. and or Brad Pitt. And they're <laughs> not hurt in any way. They're just so desired because you're so in love and crazy about them. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah ravaged as opposed to, yeah. yeah. So when guys hear that that's a common fantasy of women, that's how we some women help feel in control of their biggest fear. Yeah. When you turn it into a fantasy with someone you trust and you have a safe word and you know you can stop any time, that's so empowering. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, and you you do tend to have those those fantasies where you're completely consumed by the other when you trust them. Yes. Yeah. And even men do. A lot of men's their fantasy is, you know, uh, you and another woman yeah. ripping his clothes off and can't wait to see him as soon as he walks in the door. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, it's everybody has a bit of that fantasy. Yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah, that's you know probably uh, in their defence, it's probably a lot better than have you fed the dog and did you remember to get the milk on the way home? I must say. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, if you need some seduction techniques, please go see a sex therapist. <laughs> Turning to her and saying, "Ah, oh, sex tonight? Yeah, not going to work. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. Fancy a quickie? Nikki from Flirt Adult Store joins us with this week's hot sex toy tip on Quickie with Nikki on After Dark. We're back on Lipstick After Dark with the Quickie with Nikki. Welcome back to the show, Nikki. Hi, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Now, today we're going to be talking about something that I guess has been on the rise in this last 12 months. That being camming, and by that I mean play on camera. So obviously COVID put a little bit of a damper on our sex lives and we all had to stay home. So we had to find a way to, you know, be a little bit creative with our sex lives, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just explain it to me. So we're having sex on camera by ourselves yeah. with someone else yeah. watching. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's um there's lots of different ways that people can cam, and we found that with those first couple of months with Corona, people were coming in and they lost their job and they were working from home and they needed a way to pay their rent or they were just bored. And um, we started getting a lot of people who were buying toys that could make them money online. And we found a really big increase from that 18 to 50-year-old mark of people coming in and purchasing things so they could pleasure themselves on the internet and put things out there because they weren't able to have sex with their partner or they weren't in the same state as their partner. So they were either camming for their partner or camming for a live audience. Wow. And Mm, It's insane. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess my question is, in terms of having that video sex with your partner, um, do people find that to be – obviously, it's not as satisfying as, as skin on skin, but, you know, yeah. it, it's certainly um, something to explore. And did you find yeah. that you had good feedback about people who were camming their partners and, you know, having – pleasuring themselves on camera? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we did. It was a way – because we're very visual creatures, humans, so – Rather than just talking dirty on the phone, they found that being able to watch their partner enjoying themselves um, was really pleasurable. But there's also toys that they could control. So that one partner could be, say, in India and the other partner could be in Hamilton and they can be he can be re- remote controlling her toy, giving her the pleasure. So they're still a part of the sexual act. So um, remote control toys that you could and Bluetooth toys went through the roof. Never sold more in our lives and probably never will again because everything's kind of going back to normal. People could still participate in the act of sex even though that they weren't there. They were still controlling what was going on. So we had lots of couples that were coming in and, you know, sharing what they were doing uh, with the world yeah, and really enjoying it. Yeah, because people want to see real people. It's more natural to look at. They don't want to see somebody who's being paid to enjoy it. They want to watch two people who are in love 
really, you know, having a good time. That's more of a turn on to most people these days. So camming has gone through the roof, even just for people to view it. That's amazing. And I I guess, you know, imagine if this pandemic had happened 30 years ago and we didn't have video calling and we didn't have Bluetooth technology. It would be quite a boring sex. Yeah, I think there'd be more affairs. It's a good way of still being able to be intimate but not have to go look for it next door or go to the pub and do it. So um, I think think it's kept a lot of people in relationships that they, you know, that they really love their partner and they can still have that moment so I think it's great yeah and it was about time that something like this happened yeah (laughs) yeah look it has certainly um put a focus on at home activities hasn't it um the whole thing all right so Let's um let's dive in to there's obviously uh, couples play that can happen uh, remotely, but let's dive into yeah. uh, I guess the world of um, pleasuring yourself online for an audience that you perhaps haven't met. There you've seen a rise yeah, in that, so, yeah. Oh, definitely. We we had lots of couples and people and singles coming in going, I need to pay my rent. Um, I've heard a girlfriend of mine making a lot of money on this certain website and she just bought a little device, popped it in and people gave her money. And I said, oh, how cool is that? Like, sure, let's have a look. And went through all the different toys that would work best for them. And um, they came back in two weeks later, you know, $50 notes in their hand going, it was so easy. And all I had to do was lay on my bed <laughs> and do what I normally do, which was masturbation. And I'm just doing it in front of the camera. I can't see who's watching me, but I'm getting money. So um, it's a, it was a really easy way for these people to still be able to keep a roof over their head and doing something that they love to do, and they're just doing it in front of their computers. So um, I think it's a, a great way to make money, and I'm all for people who want to go do things like that. And um, there's some really cool toys at Flirt that you can purchase if this is something that you wanted to do. Right. Okay. So if people wanted to find you, Nikki, where is the best place to find you? So your website is? www.flirtadultstore.com.au. Yeah. And you can also find us at Flirt Adult Store Hamilton, which is number 90 Beaumont Street. Um, online, I would look up anything under the brand of Lovin. So Lovin is a good brand where you can actually make money from the toys. And then if you were wanting to just cam with the part and not make any money, I would definitely look at the Levi branch because they're toys that can be remote controlled from anywhere in the world. So Love if you're it. thinking of camming, pop in and chat to the girls. Um, they're going to help you find the right toy that works for you because not every toy is going to work for everybody. Obviously, we're all very different. And have a chat. And the girls will go over everything from what you need to keeping you safe making sure you don't have any bills lying around in the background of your camming so someone can know your real name. So the girls will talk to you about safety online and then they'll talk to you about what you need to do to get there, to start making some money. Excellent. Yeah, look, the girls are super helpful at Flirt and you can find them on Beaumont Street there. So get into your local Flirt store or look them up online. Nikki, it's always a pleasure to have you on After Dark. Thank you. And I just nearly quickly forgot we have a discount code for all your listeners. Oh, yes. So we have (laughs) After Dark 30. Use that on our website, all in capitals, and that will get you 30% off anything that you want to buy to start this amazing journey. 
That's amazing, Nikki, and we really thank awesome. you for looking after our listeners' sex lives in the way oh, that you do. Thirty percent is just amazing. That was <laughs> Nikki from Flirt Adult Store. You're listening to Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. I don't know about you, but I think I need a cigarette after tonight's episode. Tonight, I'd like to leave you with a quote written by Jason Luke from Interview with a Master. Any man can grab a woman by her hair, throw her on the bed and rip off her clothing, but that's not dominance. That's rough, maybe even violent. If she's into it, it can even be fun, but it's still not true dominance. True dominance is the ability to whisper softly in her ear, then observe as she obediently removes her clothing, methodically, one piece at a time. Watching as she kneels before you, offering her entire self to you, willingly, without hesitation or reservation, she will show you her most vulnerable self without embarrassment or shame. Then you'll know that nothing makes her happier than making you happy. How very profound... I've tied you up long enough, dear listener. I'll take my leave with a lipstick kiss. Until next week, I'm Louise Wilkinson, and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on, and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio.